how I feel this moment. This is how I feel right now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fourth edition of the Glen Hughes Coast to Coast podcast. I'm Shireen. And I'm David. Thanks for all your positive feedback about the podcast via emails and comments on the websites. Although we are a little disappointed, more of you haven't taken the opportunity to call into the podcast hotline. Please consider placing a call. The number is 404-419-6568. Well, here we are in February 2007, and Glenn is on his way to Russia as we speak. He'll be playing 28 gigs in all before the end of the spring. Russia, Ukraine, Holland, Norway, and Italy, and the UK will be getting to see him. Amazing, huh? I'm really lucky to be attending the gig in London. It's worth mentioning to everyone in the UK that if you can get to the Shepherd's Bush show, please do it. The more people that can attend that show, the better. It will get Glenn more promoters to take him more seriously when he tries to get bigger and better venues around the UK. So if you're able to make it, please do. It will help tremendously and guarantee us all even more fantastic shows next time he visits home. Okay, enough chatter from us. David spoke with Glenn again the other day, and he was kind enough to give us an inside scoop on tentative live dates in the USA, the status of Hughes Thrall 2, and a possible Deep Purple Mach 3 reunion, new DVD updates, and reuniting with the blast from the past. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Happy New Year, uh, Glenn. Uh, it's certainly gearing up to be one of your busiest years. You've got 28 gigs before the spring. I mean, that must be a, the first for you. David, hi. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year to you, too, and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, you know, I've been wanting to play more shows. Isn't that the only thing missing from my my life or itinerary is concerts, and I think fans from around the world will notice that I'm actually putting myself out there now, and I want to play in every market. And even uh, you have a musical now named after you. Um, that is quite an achievement. You know, i got to pinch myself because when anyone, anyone in life that has a public building named after them, it's really remarkable. It's, it's sometimes when people are dead, they do that. So I'm alive, and it's, it's happened to me. It's, it's something that is quite overwhelming. And um, I feel very, very fortunate. I'm very humbled by that. Well, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the uh, U.S. release of Music for the Divine came out, and it's certainly getting a lot of great attention and a lot of promotion as well, which is uh, certainly new for the States. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing as far as promotional, media, anything we can expect to see for those in the States? Well, you know, the record company, I think, is so important for any artist. And, you know, the record company that, that signed me for America was so enthusiastic about pushing the envelope, pushing the boat out further. And, you know, they really were enthusiastic about promoting this record and, uh, you know, helping me get on, 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 on a tour, which I want to do, as we'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, I really wanted to be with a label that was young and hungry and wanted to promote, like, for instance, the VH Classic spots we've had and we we're having some, you know, the videos being done and, you know, there's more activity now on the Glen Hughes scene than ever before. I just think that's a, a combination of a, a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, cost. Well, my, my manager's fantastic, and 
you know, and having a great bunch of people. I, I surround myself with loving, nurturing people. And, you know, that is shown through this last couple of records. So, you know, coincidentally with the Chad doing so well and John in the, in the Peppers right now, it, it doesn't hurt. So, right. but I think Glenn Hughes fans are, I think they're a, a great, great bunch of people that really are solely into my music. It's so cool. I mean, and I want to thank my fans for being so enthusiastic with, with uh, all the work I've been doing the last couple of years. So, um, and you know, we are planning on touring a lot this year. And of course, as I said earlier in the year in January, before we talked about America being booked, that this country where I live, I want to play, and it's such an, uh, a great place. I live here. Uh, it's difficult to play here. I didn't want to play here, so I got all the ducks in a row. I got the great record. I got a great new band, and I just want to, to go out there and play. So uh, what can you tell us about the possible U.S. tour? Uh, it's in the planning stages right now? It is, you know, and, and, and what I don't want to do, and I never will do, is tell people such and such a date in such a, such a city until I've got a confirmation and Carlos contract in front of him. We have an agent now looking at, at uh, America and looking at, at a club tour. And uh, for me, it, it's like when he, when he put the feelers out, uh, uh, most clubs uh, were very positive about bringing me into that city and, and playing. So, you know, we are looking at something this year. I, I, we'd like to do something early in June, maybe in L.A. And then what we'll do is we're, we're flying the press in to... Um, this is what I've been told. We're flying the press in to to review that show, and then whilst that is going on and the reviews are coming in, and hopefully they'll be good, then on the back end of that, after the reviews have come in and people have digested that, we will come, uh, I, I presume, somewhere September, October, to do a proper, you know, hopefully, full tour, if it's possible. And that's my strongest desire, is to play this country. Well, that's... Let's keep our fingers crossed that that comes. It's been a long time coming. So let and to those people in Europe and, and around the world, South America and, and the Far East, I am coming there too. I'm actually going to be playing a show in Tokyo, uh, to be confirmed. Uh, we're looking at a South American tour. And, of course, America is going to happen, and Canada as well. Oh, wow. And, of course, Europe is, is, uh, is, is the um, home ground for me, although I live in America. And, and Europe is, is looking really good with festivals and more shows than ever. So... Like I say, Soul Mover Music for the Divine has set the benchmark for Glenn Hughes as far as the music. And I'm always wanting to play with new, exciting, fresh musicians to move me forward. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you think the same band would be involved in the U.S. side of things? Simply for political reasons with, with visas and everything else, it might be difficult to do that. And, you know, I want to make it, just to make sure I can tour America, I want to do it with all the... The T's crossed and the I's dotted, so I want to do it appropriately. So you might see Americans in America, uh, and, and and that's going to be great. So trust me on that. And whoever I, I just want to ease my fans' mind, everybody's mind that are listening to this. Whoever's going to be on the stage with me is going to be great, and it's going to be warm, and it's going to be you know fantastic and soulful. I choose my musicians very carefully these days. Um, so um, and and trust me when I tell you this. There are a lot of great, great musicians on both sides of the pond that want to play with Big Daddy. So uh, there's no shortage of great musicians. I can't name names at the moment, but there are great, great players. Well, you haven't let us down when you played up here before, and it's the Glenn Hughes band, so... You know, you know something else? You know, 
although I, I like to think it is a band, I mean, I do, it is my band and I lead the band and I, I, that's a natural thing for me to do. I was born to be a leader in my band. Um, so, you know, uh, I just, I just go for people that I, I can trust and I go for people that really understand the hybrid of Glenn Hughes, which is rock, funk, and soul. Once again, people, rock, funk, and soul. That is the hybrid of my music. And each player has to be very versed in those three formats. Okay, great. Switching gears a little bit, talking about videos. Uh, recently, you debuted a couple of new videos from Music for the Divine on your MySpace page. Mm -hmm. There is a song called The Divine, which also had a video made for it. Correct. Shot in Bulgaria, is that correct? as soon as possible it's aired in Bulgaria I don't know if you guys have seen it yet um, no, it's no. kind of a, a piece it's like a, you know it's like an artist's piece really of a vision of, of that song I was actually shot on the cliffs of Kaliakra in Kavana in Bulgaria a beautiful spot um, and it's a storyline piece where there's a girl in the video and it's a really really it's kind of really somber um, it, but it's very very Bulgarian and this song has become um, sort of um a key song for the nurses that are being held captive in Libya for some horrid thing about uh, the Libyan Gaddafi has, has said that these nurses have given these kids AIDS, which is completely untrue. Yeah. And uh, they've been held for a death sentence. And I think what I'm trying to do with my rock and roll friends around the world is, is, get, is get a campaign against this. And so anybody's listening to this, please go on and, and read about this, this nurse's plight because it's really, really horrendous what's happening over there. So I've dedicated this video clip and the song to them. So um, as my life goes on and the wheels keep turning, I, I just want to become a better person. You know, music is my life, but, you know, being a, a child of God is so important to me. Yeah, and if you have the opportunity to shed light on certain matters then uh, you know i think I, i've been put on this planet for many many reasons and one is to obviously recover from drugs and alcohol which i've done and i'm really grateful to that and that is the key to my life the, the sobriety is without the sobriety i would not have a voice to sing i would not have a, a home to live in i wouldn't have a wife and i wouldn't have friends and i'm pretty sure my mother would have died by now of a heart attack if i have continued to use drugs so the greatest gift that god has given me is to walk a sober and clean lifestyle, and that has, has actually given a lot of people around the world. And I've met people in every four corners of the earth have come to me and said, thank you. I said, what for? I said, well, the message you've given to, through your music that we can, as, a, as, a, as humans, recover from this seemingly hopeless uh, state of mind called drug addiction. And that is the key to Glenn Hughes. So back to the videos for a moment. You told us already about uh, Live at the Basement that will be due out probably in six months or so. Yeah. Um, last year when I was at the Rome gig, I saw a lot of cameras floating around the stage. Do you think that um, that per perhaps will uh, get an airing somewhere? It's going to be. You know, there's three things that the fans need to know about. There's, there's been three video, uh, there's three DVD things coming out, only two packages. The Music for the Divine, the bonus for that record is going to be um, in, in Australia. It will be the making of, in Olympic Studios, of Chad and I discussing every song on Music for the Divine. That's coming on the bonus for Australia. Live at the Basement, the bonus for that will be uh, the Rome gig. 
And I don't want people to know when they see this eventually that it's cut um, as a, sort of a documentary style, sort of like Woodstock meets Monterey. Okay. Uh, you know, the thing that Jimi Hendrix did in the 60s. It kind of looks like that on purpose. So and it's not really, you know, it's kind of like a fly in the wall thing. You know, it's like really, really abstract and it's kind of like raw. Okay. And I think, you know, the basement is very sort of, you know, in your, in, it's very, very intimate. It's completely different from Soulfully Live, which for me was a complete letdown, and we won't go into that. Right, right. Live at the Basement is a very raw, intimate account of what it's like to see Glenn use an acoustic guitar with strings, and it's completely different. And then you've got Live in Rome, which is completely live, you know, fly on the wall stuff, which, you know, is shot with the two or three cameras, which is really sort of an... In, it, it, Chad thinks it's an, it, the fans will love it. You know, we think it's it's fun. It's just... It, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And one more thing, that, that there's a video clip from Monkey Man. For what people need to know is, is that I, I shot and, and filmed and recorded Monkey Man with Jimmy Barnes. That's going to be the first single for Australia. Australia, for those people that are listening out there, is becoming, for me, a, a figurehead... Uh, in, in the, in the music scene, uh, I think the Australians are taking it to Big Daddy pretty well. I haven't played there, uh, since Purple until last year, so the marketplace has been dry, so I think it's, that's been a really, really good thing. As with America, because I haven't batted it to the ground playing America, I mean, I'm almost being perceived, and it's kind of funny, as a new artist. And I think a lot of people believe that, you know, so, uh, the deep purple tag around my neck has been a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Uh, it's financially been fantastic for me all through the years, but, you know, um, I gotta break away and do my thing, and I refuse, R-E-F-U-S-E, <laughs> to be billed as a nostalgia artist. It's something that doesn't bode well for me, and I will continue to press the envelope and push that boat out further. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like when you came back on the UK scene back in the early 90s. I mean, you had that tag around your neck, and it's... Something that was labelled. And never, you know, never was labelled for me at the press. Critics and fans have called me the voice of rock since 1991, which is something that's been absolutely fantastic. And all over the world now, that's what people call Big Daddy. So, um, that's fantastic. But, you know, if you were a member of a band, a Stones, a Zeppelin, a Pink Floyd, a Yes, who you're going to be labeled that and it's not a bad thing it's it's just it's been so long ago oh, that's but you know I, I don't want to be lumped into the guy with the long hair that screams in deep purple it's something that you know is a long time ago very proud of my heritage but i'm more proud of being a member of trapeze because that was my baby and that was a band that we were headlining our own shows prior to my deep purple appearance i'm very happy to be called a member of deep purple but you know for Christ, I mean, Ian, Ian Gillen and Roger Glover are, and Ian Pace are the, the flagship carriers of that moniker at the moment, so we do what we do. Yeah. Let's talk about Mark III. Go for it. What can, <laughs> what, what can you tell us? You've been talking it up recently. and uh... All I can tell you, everyone, is, is that, you know, um, I've spoken to everyone, um, you know, except Richie, uh, but Richie, you know, I, I mean, everybody's basically... Uh, on speaking terms, I know Richie's uh, amicable, and uh, you know, and I, I think uh, if Mark III is going to happen, it's going to happen. 
uh, it's just a matter of when, how, who, uh, and, um, you know, uh, we can't say any more than that. I know the powers that be would like it to happen. I know that promoters around the world are chomping at the bit for this. It's just a matter of us guys getting around the table and maybe maybe scheduling it sometime. I don't know when. Uh, I know it's going to happen in the next couple of years because it needs to happen, but yeah. watch this space, everybody. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of people watching. <laughs> Now, in talking with you earlier, uh, before we got going here, you mentioned you had a delivery recently. Can you uh, give us a little bit? Yeah, you know, for those people who know, I used to, you know, use high-watt amplifiers in trapeze, and I took them into Purple, but Purple with Marshall amps, uh, Richie and Roger and John were all secured by Marshall, which are great amplifiers, as we know. So when people look at the cow jam or look at anything to do with lens use from Purple, they'll notice that my amplifier had a black um gaffer tape over the the headline on the front. That was the high watt amps. And if you look at the Made in Europe um, photographs, you'll see that the, the amps, the high watt amps are stencil blend use deep purple. Well, um, all these years, years later, I was trying to figure out what happened to those amps, you know, and people ask me all through the years, what has happened to this, what the white suit, the, the base bins in deep purple. Well, the base bins, my dad sold at Buzzcocks in the 70s when I left England. The white suit has gone missing now. I lent it to Mel Galley for the trapeze reunion tour, 76. He doesn't know where it, happened, where it went. I gave the boots to the, the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, some things, that, you know, I gave the, the, the Rickenbacker base to Giza Butler. Uh, the, the Fender Precision base got stolen at Chicago International Airport. And the last item was, what happened to those bloody high watt amps? One has resurfaced whilst rehearsing at Diamond Sound in 1982 in Northridge, California. Uh, I stored my equipment there. And when I was on the road, uh, I came back and it had gone. I mean, like the, the rehearsal complex had moved and the guy had moved and nobody could find him and blah, blah, blah. So they, this guy, Don Diamond, got in touch with Ralph Baker, Tony's manager, and Jeff Beck's manager in around November, to say he had something for Glenn Hughes. And we just now got a hold of him, and lo and behold, it was one of the sacred, most coveted amplifiers in the whole Western world. Yes, folks, 35 years ago it was made. It's the 200-watt, high-watt amp, custom-built for Big Daddy, is back in Big Daddy's possession, in a vault. <laughs> Let me tell you, people, you know, nobody's coming over here again to get in this place, but it's, it's been safely put somewhere else, and... Yeah. As long with the rest of my treasured items, this house is definitely Fort Knox now, with all the modern conveniences, alarm systems, safes, and video equipment. Laser beams, the whole bit, right? You can't get in here now. But now, the Hollywood amp is, 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 um, has been uh, reclaimed by Big Daddy, and it's, it's a fine, it, it, it looks fantastic. You wouldn't believe it's 35 years old, so it's a collector's item. So I'm hanging on to it. You'll have to get a picture for us. You got it. Uh, you know something? Uh, Carl's got it. Oh, okay, cool. So, so have uh, Carl send you the pictures. Alrighty. And uh, so you mentioned in the 80s, is that part of the Hughes Thrall rehearsals? or? It was. You know, the, that high watt amp was used. Just check this out, people. It was used on the last trapeze tour, and it was used on the writing session at Clearwell Castle. So therefore, it was used on the rehearsals for Burn, used on the first album of Burn. It was used from the moment I plugged in with Deep Purple till I turned it off with Tommy Boland. Wow. This amplifier has played and been written
very, very, very much a collector's piece. And, you know, when I got it back in my house and I started to look at it, I'm going, you know, oh, it's just awesome. It's just surreal. Maybe you can use it on the next album, huh? You never know. I mean, it, it needs obviously needs to be, you know, looked at by a professional, right. but it's... Um, but you know, it's, it's in a it's in a vault. I, I don't keep things like that around anymore. I mean, all those things are gone now. I mean, yeah. once you once you've been broken into, you never want to do that again. So, yeah. all my treasured items are, are out somewhere in the vault. Well, that's that that must be just awesome for you, you know. No, it's great. I mean, you know, it's weird. It's, someone very close to me said, you know, when someone has been robbed, uh, something good happens to them. And this is just one of the things that have happened, getting the amp back and, and, and you know, obviously the good news about touring and more shows and everything else. I mean, God has been good to me. I'm, I, I believe that I'm a good person and I just only want the best for people. So, you know, it's devastating uh, in a, a de December 20th when someone broke into my home. But, you know, um, you know, I pray for those people because they, they need help. Yeah, definitely. Well, on to bigger, better things. Um... Recently, uh, the Hughes Throw remaster finally surfaced. Yes. Sounds fantastic. Just as good as ever it was on day one. Um, you mentioned recently that uh, it might be 2008 before the follow-up finally gets released. Uh, I want to tell everybody, and you know, people all around the world bombard me with the same question. I mean, every four corners of the earth, when is the next album coming? I've been saying since 99, next year. People, Gloris Pat, because, you know, I want to, I mean, I've done 11 vocal tracks, 11 bass tracks, 11 acoustic guitars and keyboards. I've done all my bits. I, I need to record two more songs. Pat is busy. So am I, but I would always put aside time for Hugh Straw. Here's my dilemma. No, there isn't another Glen album until next spring, but there's going to be a recording happening at Chad's in September, October, November, in between my touring, and... You know, I can't have a Hughes Thrall album competing with the Glenn Hughes album, or E, vice versa. It's impossible. To, you can't do that. That's why it was difficult with HTP. I just couldn't have both projects running together. Difficult to tour as well. Yeah, My idea was, was to complete Hughes Thrall in, in 2007, January, which is now gone. Now, that's not going to happen. I wanted a, a 2007 April release for Hughes Thrall. It's not going to happen. So, I've got a live, obviously, in Australia, a live at the basement coming in the summer. And, you know, you know, I've got a live, I've got a new Glenn Hughes record coming in, this, in next March. And, you know, it's got to be a year before you have a, a Youth Thrall album and a Glenn album come out. So, I, it probably won't be out now. If it comes out at all until the end of 2008. It's impossible because you can't compete with yourself. It's just too much. Yeah. I've tried to do it in the past. People have, have, have slammed me for doing it. I mean, too much Glenn, too much Glenn. I mean, my real fans, They'll go and get what I release. I think it's great that I've got fans that just want to buy Glenn for the voice. But, you know, you know, it's, I'm just trying to be commercially viable where I don't want to have too much out there. Um, so, although Hugh Thrall would be, it's an amazing record. It's, it's so good. But please, I, I, I just want everybody to, to bombard Pat and ask the same question that people ask me because I'm, I'm more in the public eye than Pat, so I get bombarded with questions. I'm talking at least 200 every year. What happened to Youth Thrall 2? So please, I wanted to complete it. I have done 11 vocal performances. It's pretty, pretty amazing. It's a very eclectic bunch of songs. Each song is completely and utterly different from the last one. And it's a, it's a great follow-up. 
And uh, are they all original, or are they a couple of... All originals. All originals. And although some songs were recorded in 99 and some songs were recorded in 2006, there's a great validity in, in the songwriting, which is, uh, you know, it's used through all. Yeah. You know, I did do a lot of writing on this person again myself. I do write more than Pat, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Pat role is more he's he's a producer you know, an editor and a great engineer. Yeah. My job that God has given me this last uh, fifteen years is to be uh, channeling does the writer, you know. I just love to write and I can't stop myself. Well folks, check out uh dot com for the latest yeah. updates as time goes by. Switching gears again, uh, we've been getting a lot of questions from folks in the UK. Um, last uh, fall, autumn, uh, you mentioned you'd be coming back there to do a few shows and uh, just wanted to get an update. Is, it, yeah. is the London gig just the only one? The London gig is happening. There's going to be a couple of bands on there with me. Tickets are going pretty well. Please jump in now. There's going to be, going to be a lot of people there. So. Uh, it's going to be a great, great night, March 25. Um, Classics in Rock is two days before. Here's the good news for the Brits. Carl now is securing uh, dates for, for September. Um, my schedule is mad now for the rest of the year, so, but um, I'm, I've been asked to headline a festival in the UK. I can't say which one at the moment because it's ongoing in September. And around that, even if I don't do it, I'm going to come back and play two to three to four shows in the UK to, um, you know, to fulfill my, um, my drive to, you know, I just, you know, I, I was born in England, I love to play over there, I love to play anywhere, so, but I have a great thing going in England, so, I mean, the Shepherd's Bush is like the core of the, of the, of the, of the, um, the tour at the moment, so, but there'll be a couple of, uh, northern gigs, there'll be a south, western gig, a southeastern gig maybe, and, and, but there's definitely going to be more shows. Cool, and you'll be touching so all corners of the UK. Uh, you know, I'm hoping to do that. You know, I, I still want to play Ireland, but I, it may not happen this year. But it's going to happen. What about Scotland. I don't know. It all depends if the, if if anybody wants to bring me up there. That, that's you know that I can. And here's the thing that the Brits need to know. I only want to play places where people promote Glenview's and people know. I mean, it's great that I have the traveling Glenview's army that come with me, and you know, and, and like my family, they come everywhere, and it's great. But I need to get to a lot of people on this, 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 this journey that I'm on. And I only want to work with promoters who want to put, you know, promote Glenn Hughes because it's pointless showing up to places where no one knows I'm coming. And it's, we've done that, and I won't do that anymore. And that goes for the rest of the world. So I'm using new promoters and, and working with new people. And it's good to work with new people and young, hungry people. I like that. Well, talking of young people, later today you're going to be attending the Musicians Institute in uh, Hollywood. Uh, can you, t since it's not going to be recorded or, you know, it's, it's a private event, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about the format, what you're going to be doing? If, if anyone has seen Inside the Actors Studio, it's going to be like that with, with a musician. It's, going to, it's, it's a format where it's, it's, I, I get asked a bunch of questions about my career and music and formats in music and what have you and it's going to be pretty much about my musical history rather than personal life uh, and then I will take questions and answers and I will play a few songs what I will play I don't know yet to depends how I feel uh, I'll be using um, you know acoustic guitar and I'll be just uh, you know doing what I do cool well if there's a camera about be sure and take it with you please Mike Moore will be taking photographs and um, they'll be up on the site and you 
can see uh, your friend Papa <laughs> doing his thing one more time. Excellent. Oh, I'd like to hear it. It should be very interesting uh, as far as the questions you're going to get from aspiring musicians. It should be quite enlightening for you. And the big amount of folks there is a lot of people from around the, the world I know go there. You know, but most important, David, I, I want to take this time to thank all my fans, friends, people around the world that have followed my music and uh, that have touched my soul and heart because, you know, they are the lifeblood of my songs. I do write for selfish reasons. I write for to sustain me. My sobriety sustains me, but my songs are the one. Uh, it, it really is the core of my existence. And, you know, to be an artist, to actually to be given this gift to write music is great. And I want to thank all the people around the world. But each song, they have their own special songs from coast to coast all the way up to, you know, the divine. It's, it's like they've got their own Glenn moment when I met my boyfriend or I met my girlfriend on this song and I remember when this happened in my life or um, this let it go means so much to me or don't let me bleed is, is a great song or, you know, coffee and vanilla, we love this song or don't let it slip. It's like everybody's got their own Glenn Hughes moment and for me, I want to thank God for the moments because I've been given such a second ride here with this, with, with this gift of sobriety. And, you know, I get to travel around the world and I've got a great wife, great home life, great animals, great friends, great parents, you know, and I get to, uh, to be breathing on the right side of the grass. <laughs> yeah. Well, you answered my next question. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the fans? But I think you pretty much Well, covered. what I want to share is, is, is that when I write music and I go into the studio, Chad's house or whatever, I can record in a, in a shack on the cliff. It doesn't matter to me. When I'm in that mode, I know that the songs that I'm about to make have moved my soul. And I'm hoping that somewhere, in, when somebody puts in their CD player or their car or their iPod, that the same feelings that I'm feeling in the music and the writing and the, and the singing is the same feelings that that person's feeling about themselves or somebody else. I said it before, I don't sing about weasels and goblins and witches and ferrets and, you know, I write about things that touch me as a, as, a, as a human being and it's not political, it's about the core of who we are as people and, you know, that's the greatest gift for me and I keep saying the word love because love is everything, either love is nothing or love is everything and love is everything in my life and I want to thank all my fans around the world for continually keep coming back to see Big Daddy because Big Daddy loves his fans. Well, thank you for taking the time once again to join us on the Coast to Coast podcast. We really appreciate, really appreciate it. I know you're very busy at the moment getting ready to head off to Russia and other far-flung places. Um, so, once again, thank you very much for taking the time. And, David, one more thing. For any Russians listening to this, if they can understand me, come see Big Daddy. It's a beautiful market in Russia. I've got a lot of fans over there, and, and feel free. And for the next time you'll see me in Europe, it'll be... The Classics in Rock in Rotterdam and Shepherd's Bush Empire on the 25th of March. And come along. And then Norway after that, those five gigs in Norway. So please, everybody, come see Big Daddy and don't be shy now. Yeah, the band's going to be smoking with all those gigs, you know. Smoking! <laughs> well, thank you, Glenn. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, when it, perhaps when you get back. Okay, brother. Okay, bye. Hello. I'll sacrifice myself. Now don't you go away. Oh boy, I'm keeping everything crossed for the official confirmation of those USA dates. 
And how about the High Watt Amp Reunion? Great stuff. Oh, and if you want to start bombarding Pat Thrall, please do. Just visit HughesThrall.com and post in the guest book to get his attention. Also at the Musicians Institute of Parents in Hollywood, he ended up playing acoustically four songs. Coast to Coast, Nights in White Satin, I Found a Woman, and You Keep on Moving. Apparently, it was the only time a visiting musician received a standing ovation. Okay, as always, we'd really like to hear your views of any shows you attend in the next couple of months, especially as it might be the first time for some seeing the new band. Just call the podcast hotline to share your thoughts and comments to Glenn and all other listeners. The number to call is 404-419-6568. All right, next up we have some brief news bites. Although I won't repeat what was in the interview, I can let you know that when Glenn joined us in our monthly chat the other day, he shared with us a couple of new shows that have yet to be mentioned. He's hoping to play the Spirit of 66 venue in Verviers, Belgium as a warm-up for a festival in Holland this summer. Plus, there will be more shows in the UK and Spain in September as well. So now we're just waiting on confirmation dates and details for both. But in a minute, you'll hear from Carl about these and all about the general conditions of touring worldwide at the moment. He also hopes to visit Australia and Japan again this year, but as yet, there is nothing booked. Also, the DVD of Live in the Basement could come out this summer. He will be changing its title, though. Jimmy Barnes is on the DVD. And also look out soon for a Monkey Man video clip with both Glenn and Jimmy to be debuted in Australia. Now it's time for our podcast hotline calls. We have one from the USA and one from the UK. So without further ado, here they are. Hi, my name's Kirk. I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Big Glenn Hughes fan, and I hope you and Glenn can actually get a chance to play here in Los Angeles because I know a lot of fans over here want to see him live. And I just want to say, you know, Glenn's music's really inspiring to me, and also, and I hope they are able to do a tour here in America because I know they got a lot of fans here, and um, the Divine is really a great CD. I love that also, and I'm just playing the hell out of those. And uh, that's basically all I want to say. And just hi to everybody, and wish Glenn and best of luck in the future. And just to tell them they got a fan for life and talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Mark calling from just outside of London in good old sunny UK. Um, leaving my first message for the podcast. I've listened to the downloads. Great stuff, guys. Keep it up. Please keep spreading the word. Um, just want to say out to a few fellow Glenn fans out in uh, across the world that uh, um, can't wait to see him again and just looking forward to catching up with some of his new material which I think is a fantastic album the uh, Divine Tour is going to be such a great gig um, I'm really pleased Glenn that you've captured everything your passion your soul and your funk congratulations to you on capturing it the essence of your music um, like everybody I probably got into Glenn first through uh, Purple and Entropies and then finally was able to get a copy of Play Me Out which was one of those real moments that really grab you and it changes your influence and perspective on, on great music Play Me Out still gets played and I still just think it's just a fantastic album love everything else 
and um, Glenn look forward to seeing you again because uh, I saw you first time when you reformed trapeze uh, back in the early 90s at Briley Hill you did two nights hopefully you might remember it. two fantastic nights first time I ever saw you live and it was a fantastic weekend went to both gigs um, I've now got a 15 year old son who's also listened to a bit of Glenn and I've taken him to a couple of your gigs in London and spreading the word through that way so basically just keep on the great work just a little fun thing I recently got married again on the 16th of September to the most beautiful girl called Sally and we had played at our registry office wedding uh, coast to coast um, Glenn sorry if I owe you a royalty here um, please let me buy you a beer on the 28th but I had to uh, special music at a wedding coast to coast has played smack bang in the middle of it all and uh, a lot of my friends and family heard it and I thought well this is pretty good as well so um, Coast to Coast is now a favourite of Sally's, and she's not really uh, into that sort of stuff normally, but she loves the music. So, hey, this, the word gets spread. Anyway, this is Mark signing off. I might leave another message if this is interesting to anybody with other stuff. Uh, I'll give a review maybe of the gig uh, on the 28th. I've signed on to the, uh, uh, the, the webpage, so I should be able to be contacted by fellow Glenn fans. And the surname is Smith, Mark Smith. So... All the very best for now. Cheers. She's Thanks, guys, for taking the time to call in. We really appreciate it. We really wish others would uh, join you, but uh, they have the opportunity now, so please call the podcast hotline at 404-419-6568. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's reviews, comments, or questions for Carl, Glenn's manager. So feel free to call. And once again, the number is 404 404- Four one nine six five six eight. Okay, now it's Carl's turn at the mic. Carl is Carl Swan, Glenn's manager, who hosts his own regular segment here at the podcast called Setting the Record Straight, where he'll leave comments, answer questions that he's spotted on the websites, or receive directly via the podcast hotline. So if you have a question that you really want answered or just can't understand why something is the way it is, Carl is the one to ask. He really enjoys hearing from you, so don't hesitate to call the podcast hotline at 404-419-6568, and he'll give some answers in the next edition of the podcast. Okay, say hello to Carl. Hello, David and Shireen. Carl checking in here. Uh, for the setting the record straight, um, I believe that Glenn uh, did one with you recently and actually touched upon a lot of the things that I'll probably touch upon here. So, um, as you know, we've got the Russian dates coming up, followed by the rescheduled Shepherd's Bush date, uh, and just before that, obviously, Glenn's appearance, uh, the classics in rock at uh, Rotterdam, which will be a three song appearance plus. Uh, on stage.
stage for the encore. Um, then we've got the uh, Norwegian run. We were hoping to get more dates after the run in Norway. With the Easter break being there, it's made it very difficult. And um, basically with a gap like that, it makes it very, very difficult for us financially to keep everybody hanging around until maybe eight or nine days later or two weeks later when the promoters actually want to start booking shows. Um, we were hoping to get Spain in then, but that um, that fell through and looks like Spain will now be sometime in September or early October of when we will try and put in a few more UK dates around then. We're hoping to get, um, get some dates in uh, uh, France, I'm just about to confirm a festival um, on September the 1st, uh, which details will be up on the website soon. Um, we will try to get more European dates around these, uh, you know, basically when we've got a show that we can use as a kind of a fulcrum. Uh, you know that Glenn's obviously doing the dates with uh, Matteo in Italy. Um, that probably means that there won't be much activity going on for Glenn Solo in Italy. But, uh, again, we're going to be open to uh, possibilities if there are any festivals. And that is another important thing. We shall try to get some good European festivals in. The U.S. dates, which everybody's sort of waiting on, we're definitely working upon that. But the important thing here is to stress that, obviously, I've said this before, Glenn does want to play. A lot of the times it's out of his hands, out of my hands. Um, we can't go ahead and do shows for for nothing, not when there are overheads. Even if Glenn decides he he doesn't need to see anything from it, there are still many overheads associated with putting the band on the road and doing a Glenn show. So um, there's always uh, comments, when is Glenn going to play here or when can he do that? Or, everybody must remember that Glenn is open to any possibilities, but it's not always within our control to make sure these things happen. Um, we always try and do our best when they fall through it's usually of no fault of our own um how things uh you know don't seem to go according to plan and you know you do end up getting a lot of disappointed you know fans or people who are wondering or scratching their heads as to you know you know why things might get mentioned and then they they never come to fruition well it, another important thing to remember is usually when this happens nobody's more frustrated and uh, disillusioned with that than Glenn and myself and at the same time nobody puts more effort into trying to make it happen if you know basically if things are sort of uh, you know suggested or hinted at and then they don't happen as I said it's usually circumstances outside of our control but again we have to remain practical just as nobody goes to work for nothing or nobody will you know risk their house on the uh, on a venture, we have to remain practical with certain things, and we do have to have solid, concrete offers for shows. This is why, so far, South America has obviously been uh, in the pipeline, and then at the uh, at the death, it never seems to happen. We're working again on that. The same with the U.S. dates. We'll do our best to make a, you know, a viable and uh, enjoyable Glen U.S. run, but. You know, if it's not possible and we can only end it with a few dates for now, then again, it's uh, it's not being selective or preferring Europe. But Glenn has obviously put the groundwork into Europe 
the albums have been selling well, distributed well, great press, things like that. It just makes it far easier to be able to actually make these tours happen. And I'm sure people would say, yeah, but then, you know, if you, you've got to start somewhere, you know, why not build up in the U.S. like that? Well, it's taken Glenn sort of, I don't know, 13, 14 years building up in Europe. And, um, you know, we're really relying on the album doing well in America He's done the uh, Musicians Institute, which was successful, the recent radio things. The album is actually being advertised on the uh, television in the U.S. on VH1. So if we get a bit of a bite with the album, it makes playing in the U.S. far more feasible. Um, so, yes, are we going to see as, you know, if we can get as many dates, festivals, mini tours, what have you, you know, planned over this uh next 10 months or so and uh, you know we will we'll push for South America we'll push for US states hopefully Glenn will get an opportunity to go back down to Australia again we do hope to get Japan in there somewhere um, we're going to try and fill 2007 with as much uh, you know uh, you know as many Glenn shows festival appearances as we as we can uh, say so we're going to try for South America US Japan, getting more dates in the uh, in the UK and uh, any good festival opportunities that that come our way. Again, I can't stress enough that you know Glenn is open and willing to do anything, but you know has to be feasible. I mean, we can't uh, you, you know you, you can't risk everything on a US tour that doesn't have the right promotion or right support uh, because then basically that's pulling the foundation from underneath everything and make it would probably make it you know difficult to do any um you know any other tours or whatever so again you know we have to be you know it's not being selective but we've just got to be very cautious here can't just throw you know throw everything away on um you know on a sort of a, you know on a whim of uh of playing the u.s but we're trying to make it realistic again as i say if the album starts to make an impact over there as the albums do in europe then um we're definitely, definitely going to be in with a good shot again of a very, very comprehensive U.S. tour. At the very least, I would hope that we can get some good U.S. festivals out of it. So, um, again, all of the support and encouragement is much appreciated by everybody. I know that uh, the uh, things that are directed at the, you know, um, on the uh, forums are out of frustration about um, just wanting to see Glenn in territories that don't seem to get him. But uh, as I say. Um, we're going to do our best to make uh, 2007 as comprehensive a year as possible within uh, Glenn's, you know, solo tour in uh, lifetime. And um, as, as and when the details and confirmations of these shows um, are done, they'll be up on the website. So we, you know, we don't obviously want to put too much speculative things on, you know, up, which are just going to confuse the issue. So. So again, when it's up on the websites, on the GHPG and the glennews.com, you'll know that it's 100% official. And as I say, we're always working towards playing as many territories as possible. And, you know, I think 2007 is going to surprise a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, thanks, uh, David and Shireen, for the opportunity to voice these things. And um, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Oh, the sun.
Many thanks, Carl. I know you're really busy right now, so I appreciate you taking the time to leave us the update. So as you heard, this is another perfect opportunity to get your questions answered. A big thank you to Carl for agreeing to take the time and making the effort for all of us. Well, that brings the fourth edition of the podcast to a close. We hope you enjoyed it. We welcome your feedback, so please don't hesitate to contact us. And remember, the podcast hotline number is 404-419-6568. We await your call for the next edition. Until then, be sure and spread the word and link to get the news out on all things Glenn Hughes. And don't forget, keep your eyes peeled on the websites for more news and tour dates. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. <laughs>